at SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. Well, you know the number, of course, 086-000-2032 at the University of Stellenbosch. An investigation by retired judge Carol Lewis, Helena Konoradi and Zianda Stierman has found that the vice-chancellor there, Professor Wim de Villiers, is not guilty of serious misconduct. He had been accused of nepotism, of using his discretionary powers to give places to two young people who were related to him. On Saturday, he apologised to the Council of the University and the panel recommended that he make that apology in public. Uh, As I understand it, the investigation found there was a deplorable error of judgment and a lack of ethical insight. The panel also found that he had consulted, he had consulted with a senior colleague who had advised him he could make the placements that he did. The chair of the University of the Council at the University of Stellenbosch is Dr. Nikki Newton-King. Dr. Newton-King, good morning and thank you for your time this Monday morning. Thank you for having me, Stephen. What did the panel find? What findings did they make? Well, at the end of the day, the panel found that there was no serious misconduct as uh, as required under the statute, which would warrant his removal from office. And as you've indicated in your introduction, uh, this panel was led by a retired judge of the Supreme Court of Appeal, so very, very senior. It was a very robust process. They interviewed uh, many, many witnesses and uh, reviewed all of the relevant university rules. But their essential finding was that the rules... Um, on nepotism and conflicts of interest didn't apply to the rector's discretionary placements. And those uh, rules on discretionary placements gave him a very broad discretion to place. And they found that there was absolutely no evidence, even on a balance of probabilities, that the the rector acted dishonestly, Uh, you know, for instance, with an intent to deceive or falsely represent. So the failure of the rector uh, to recognize that this discretionary placement uh, could be perceived to be uh, 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 favoritism and the like is a regrettable error of judgment and not one that contravenes the policies. And for that reason, doesn't um, doesn't require uh, uh, the, the removal from office. That was the panel's finding. When, um, when we then discussed this at council, we had a robust conversation around those findings. And we all accept, the rector too accepts, that this is a, an absolutely regrettable error of judgment and one that we all have preferred didn't, didn't happen. At the same time, when, there, when you look at the rules which he had to apply, we are required to look at those and to say, well, those are the parameters within which he was allowed to act and which he did act. And, and therefore, I think that the conclusion we came to, which is that uh, it, 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 we would have preferred it not to happen, but that... This actually now requires a public apology. Is the right conclusion that we've come to, and um, and and we've. I think Stephen, I think you would say, uh, followed an extremely robust process in which uh, our stakeholders should have an enormous amount of confidence. So, the so so council decided he must apologise in public. Is there any other sanction? Um, council has also decided that um, uh, myself as chair and the vice chair of council should consider the outcome of the council meeting and an appropriate financial consequence when we settle his uh, 2022 performance review, which we will uh, do. But uh, specifically to the institution, we are going to uh, review, make sure that the guidelines on discretionary placements are reviewed as a matter of, of, of priority, including the conflicts policy, including the nepotism policy, and no more academic or 
residential discretionary placements will happen until that, uh, that review is concluded. Uh, and then we've also sort of suggested that the rector should look at some of the other recommendations from the uh, Lewis Committee, including um, to strengthen the rectorate in the, in the way that um, many other universities internationally have, so that you have a sort of uh, conciliary or aide de camp in uh, in the in the rectorate office that can can look at these broader governance issues when people are making decisions. So it seems to me from what you've suggested and from what I've, I've read, which is not as much as I would have liked, the fact that he asked and received advice that he could go ahead was a big factor in this. The fact that he was not dishonest about it, that's clearly a big part of this. It's a massive part, uh, Stephen. We have all made errors of judgment. And these are, in this particular case, particularly regrettable. But once one finds not only that you are allowed to make those specific decisions, but do so without um, hiding anything, without any dishonesty, I don't think one can come to any other conclusion. But this is a, an, a, a but this is only an error of judgment, even though it is uh, one that one 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 uh, that has had quite you know dramatic consequence for the institution and the and and, and our stakeholders. Uh, but in that particular case, when you're allowed to and you're not dishonest, that doesn't warrant dismissal. So I understand all of that, and I accept everything that you've said, and I accept what the findings have said. To someone who's not a universe, who's not in a university, who's an outsider to Stellenbosch, which is most mm. of us, it seems quite a strange thing. Here you have a person in a massive position of power. He has the power to give people discretionary places. He chooses two young people whom he knows, and I, I don't want to get bogged down in an argument of what a relationship is or what a family member is. There are young people who are at school now who I know, who I know if I were ever in a position to give them a place at a university or at the SABC or whatever, I must have nothing to do with it. And yet he did not choose that path. Yes, he, he went and he spoke to people and he received advice, as incorrect as that advice may have been. But to outsiders to all of this, it looks like he knew two young people and so he gave them places at Stellenbosch. Uh, yep, as we have indicated, that is regrettable. Um, and it is an error of judgment and the, re and the rector has acknowledged that. Are you utterly convinced he won't make other uh, errors of judgment in the future? The rector has an impeccable uh, standing and track record at the university. And one only has to look at the manner in which he has, with great courage, directed the transformation initiatives at the university in which he has brought in uh, enormous amounts of uh, international investment and donor funding in order to pursue our academic project, in particular investments in our in our um, in our really big research facilities and the maintenance of our incredible uh, university. I am absolutely convinced that this rector is the right man to lead us to taking the university into the place that it wants to be, which is a multilingual, world-class, African research-focused university in service of society. That is not an easy ask. It is, as we said in our press release, a mammoth task. And I'm quite sure that as we review the regulations, and there's no doubt that our rules and regulations and the, and the Lewis Committee has indicated that, like any complex institution, Stellenbosch University's rules and regulations have evolved over time. Not all of these speak to each other in the way that we would like, but they need to be reviewed, they need to be simplified, they need to be clarified, and they need to be transparently uh, placed in the public environment so that anybody who needs to access them can access them uh, uh, easily. And I think we will, we will uh, uh, do that, and I'm quite sure that uh, that you will find that the manner in which the, the rector completes his 
tenure, which is another two years, will have positioned this university in a place that we all as South Africans, all of us, can be extremely proud of. I suppose the risk for Stellenbosch, for various reasons, is that it looks like if you are related to an insider, you get a place. I think Stellenbosch has a difficult history in this. Um, and I realize and I accept uh, the bona fides that you're trying to change it. I get all of that and I accept that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it can still look like, well, if you know someone you're in. That's of course, of course, uh, I understand that completely. And yet I think what one must think about here is you have a highly regarded, uh, well-established rector. Yet when these allegations surfaced, council did not attempt to sweep them under the carpet. Instead, we created an independent investigation under the chair of the Supreme Court of Appeal. And we had a number of robust conversations at council on this as well. So while this episode is painful for everyone, Stellenbosch has a mature, robust governance structure in which we can take great comfort. And I think that anybody looking to send their children uh, to Stellenbosch should take great comfort from that. Um, there's another aspect to all of this, which yeah. I don't say that I'll necessarily understand either. But there are clearly big divisions in the university. And I've seen some commentary and I've seen some members of the university um, and people who studied there, people who study there now, academics, talking about how important this has been, about what seems to me as an outsider to be in a, between a battle from people who want to properly transform the university, including Professor Wim de Villiers, and people who don't. One of them seems to have finally left the convocation executive. How would you describe what's been happening there? Is that the right interpretation? This has been between people who want transformation and people who don't? Well, this has happened against the context of Stellenbosch on a on a very significant transformation journey, a journey that will have us deeply entrench multilingualism in a research-focused university. These are dramatic shifts for the university. If you think about it, this university is just over 100 years old, created in order uh, to, to advance Afrikaans. And yet, as we have positioned um, this university to make a meaningful difference in this country, we have recognized, and this rector has driven this, recognized the need for it to embrace um, a multilingual, multicultural South Africa. That is something, as you know, just from just from being uh, a South African in everyday society, let alone working in a, in, a, in a large institution, that is not an easy journey. And so, yes, the context against which this happened is 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 a journey in which there are very much contested views about the direction that Stellenbosch should take. But these are views that we should not um, we should not try, and I think take binary view, binary positions about. I completely understand why people, uh, there are people within the Stellenbosch fraternity who would say that transformational journey uh, is, uh, is, is moving too fast. We feel alienated. We feel discomfort. But I also feel uh, and, and completely understand the views of those who say we have been uh, in in nearly 30 years of a democratic South Africa, and Stellenbosch is making progress, but not fast enough. And on that, let me just just make the point that we are 50% black students in, in, at Stellenbosch now. So 35,000 students, 50% are black. That's an extraordinary achievement. More than 50% of our master's students graduating last year were of color. So Stellenbosch is deeply on a transformation journey. We should not be surprised that there will be contrary and quite vigorous discussion around this. But I think what we've really got to aim for as a community is is a place where everybody, every single student of, of whatever race, whatever gender, whatever language, whatever religious persuasion, anybody 
and everybody feels welcome and able to be the best them that they can be. And that that is that is the context and that is a deep commitment from, from council and director. And so, yes, this particular episode um, uh, happening against that has 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 I think unfortunately um, been seen as driving being driven by or or driving one or other of these perspectives. We would have had to have looked at this uh, anyway, and we would have done that as council. Dr. Nikki Newton King, thank you, chair of the council at the University of Stellenbosch.